Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Well Played is part of On Podcast Media Network, a great network of podcasts for you to check out. Today's episode, we have with us Dean Ganey, and this is season four, episode 26, Finding Positivity Through Your Purpose in precarious moments and couldn't be more excited to have Dean Ganey with us uh, fellow author uh, Hive Summit uh, keynote speaker so super excited to have uh, a good friend here on the show but uh, Dean for those of uh, for those tuning in who don't know you if you could give us a wee little bit of a bio sure um, of course as Michael said my name is Dean Ganey I am a teacher of 14 years um, uh, mostly elementary school, but now in middle school teaching grade seven ELA and drama. So that's exciting. Um, speaking of drama, I've also written some plays here recently, as well as an author, as Michael said, of Journey to the Y and you. Um, definitely excited to be able to be here again and uh, with this conversation. I always love chatting with you, Dean. Uh, so yeah, today we got this, uh, well, one, I didn't know that you made that switch. You're seventh ELA and drama I mean, that was like new news to me oh well it, it it's news to me too um, it was an opportunity that presented itself and I said oh why not um, and so it definitely has a uh, you know been an interesting four and a half weeks but definitely a good four and a half weeks too for a lot of reasons that's awesome so all right for the listeners out there Dean and I were chatting before uh, we got onto the show just kind of mapping out some things and uh, I guess one of the things we want to talk about is we recognize, both of us, that this, this time is a challenging time, a difficult time. And by no means do we want to like gloss that over and just say, like, see the rainbow, see the rainbow, see the rainbow. Like, we, we know that it's hard. Um, and definitely we could, we could do that hard podcast too. But we feel like there's a lot of that out there. And probably in your own buildings, and I will fully admit in my building... I have taken opportunities to vent some of my frustration with my colleagues, with your team, with the people that are in your trenches. But as always, what I like to put out into the world, though, we need, we, we also need some of, some of the joy. So Dean and I thought, like, why not pull Dean in for this topic? And he was nice enough to say yes. And like I said, we both chatted before. We understand there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of difficulty out there. But this one, we're trying to talk about that, that, that finding that purpose and that that positivity in moments like this and we hope that this podcast could serve people even outside of this pandemic moment because in teaching there there are always these precarious moments that that are that are challenging times so that's kind of the the point of today's show so without further ado dean uh let's get into it here you know uh with this idea of finding you know this positivity let's start there like what's what like why is that such a value for a teacher like in in this in this moment or any other difficult moments like why should we like try to double down to search for that positivity well um you know i i'm a firm believer in the idea that it's so easy to point out pick out see acknowledge the negative um and sometimes that's so glaringly obvious um, the negative things um, we think about even societally uh, a lot of the things that are shared even in the media you know they're portrayed as these big 
events and they always perpetuate the negative stuff. And so I think it's intentional and incumbent upon us to look for those positive moments because it's the positivity that, um, I would even say balances out the negative and in some cases supersedes the negative and allows us to have that fuel uh, to keep going. Like I, like I could totally make a list of things that perhaps didn't go as well as I wanted them to go or um, did not go well at all. But um, sometimes when you, when you have all of that around, it only takes one positive thing to totally change the trajectory. Um, you see that one positive, you acknowledge that one positive thing, and it supersedes all the negative because sometimes that's all you see, right? And sometimes that's all that you are able to focus on because you see it perpetuated around you. Yeah, for me, I mean, I like how you worded that and kind of what plays in my mind here is when we think about these forces, right, the positive and the negative and, and those forces in terms of attitude, I'm going to use a bit of an analogy here. I think that like when we're negative and we all are, like I admitted in the opening, like I, I have vented. It's, it's a little bit, I think you know that I love to cook. So this, this analogy is going to be a little bit like around that. So I think like think focusing on the negative is is that binge moment where like yeah like eating that ice cream so good or eating like the entire pizza was super good in the moment but then like 20 minutes later 30 minutes later whatever you're like oh like why like why did i do like right like why in the moment it feels so good you're like yes this pizza is delicious i'm give me another slice just one more i'm gonna have just one more well now there's only one more left let's just have that little one right there and then all of a sudden in the end you're like oh like this was not a good choice and then positivity my analogy there is it's a little bit like when you do when you do the good thing right like when you go to the gym or whatever you kind of like the rest of the it like resonates with you the rest of the day you're like yes right Mm -hmm. and i feel like that same thing happens in the classroom or in our schools when i complain or vent it does. It feels good in that moment. You're like, oh my gosh, did you know, Dean, that these 10 things are going, like my world is crazy right now, right? And, and you're kind of like, yes, now Dean's heard me and he's validating that that's crazy. I feel good. But then I like walk away and like my day is not any better, like for me. But when I like choose to bring that positivity to my classroom or positivity to you, if I like, I don't know, if I bought you a cup of coffee and dropped it off on your desk and you're like, hey man, that was aw- like that was awesome your happiness my like moment there that resonates with me the rest of the day and i swear it like impacts my next class period my next you know thing when i'm with my daughter so uh, yeah like let's let's make some health healthy like happy you know habits yeah i think uh, one of the things that came to mind while you we were talking is the little things uh how often have we I won't say ignore the little things, but not really giving those little things credence um, or as much credence as we should. Uh, I think these are the times where little moments matter. Um, and little moments are not so little. Um, you, you gave the mention of buying that cup of coffee and it's sitting on my desk. And I mean, if that, if I actually, if that actually occurred, um, then I mean, that would mean the world to me, especially given everything else that's going on. That cup of coffee is like, oh, yes, it made my day. It's going to set me off to um, being motivated, energetic, positive and ready to, to seize the moment, seize the day. Um, I just I don't know. I think those little moments we have to look for. We do. And I wrote a song. Um, and this, this song came to mind while, while you were what talking. What is, you. like, you, can, you, can you just do everything, Dean? I mean, like... 
I mean, not. I mean, I'm always working on trying to become a better version. Of you myself. are like a modern day Renaissance man. <laughs> but um, like, even like a, we were talking about the, the the sort of precarious nature of situations, and and so I asked myself, well, what if? Right. The song is called "What If," and um, it really focuses on the positive spin on things, and it really focuses on um, almost like forgetting about yourself to some degree and focusing the attention on others and and while so doing right we don't have the same view we don't have the same perspective as we did before that um what if i loved intentionally what if i strive to be the best i could be what if i saw the good in others what if i put others before me this world would be a better place right and so it takes the emphasis off of um even my own precarious experience at least for a moment right and then it puts that attention on someone else trying to help someone else. And I think us as educators, as teachers, that's really our, our goal anyway, was to help somebody else. When we said yes to teaching, we said yes to watch students, we said yes to learning, we said yes to experiences, authentic learning experiences that will take our students from step one to step two and beyond. Um, and I think that if we can remember you know, those kinds of thought processes during these times, despite how hard it is, right? We, we look for those little moments of, of positivity and I think that we, we, we find encouragement in those, we find fuel to go back the next day and, and make it all happen again and find that next positive moment that's gonna give us the fuel to keep going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really an important sort of suggestion here that, you know, these are difficult times, but when we start leaning on the other word, the purpose, like as teachers, we, we did get into this to, to help, you know, to support kids through, through their learning. And oof, I tell you, Dean, it seems like these times, you know, like our purpose has doubled or tripled because these kids really need it. And it's a scary time for, um, you teach seventh, I teach sixth. Like that's a, it's a scary moment. Like if you think about the world they're growing up in right now and what they're going to need to solve tomorrow's problems. Like they, they need the education that we want to give them, like the mental education, but also the education of the heart. Like they, they need that as well. Uh, and so as our purpose has, like I said, doubled or tripled, that's what I'm trying to focus on. Yes. Cause that's what I got into education for. And mm -hmm. when I do that, it changes the game for me. This past week, this was my fourth week, and they have, on some level, each week has been hard and challenging and all of those things. But when you focused on that, when you focused on, like, am I sort of mission-centric, and, and I don't mean my district's mission, I mean my mission, like, yeah, the answer was a resounding yes. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, like this is going to be a tough tour of duty this year, but like it's, so it's, it's meaningful. The question then, what are we preparing them for? You know, in, in this in this world that we now live, that's very different than five years ago. Um, what is it that we are preparing them for? Has has that um, has that focus shifted um, in this moment to um, maybe those things that really truly matter, uh, 
not to say that there are things that don't matter, but maybe there are things that matter more when it comes to um, life and learning. Uh, and so it, I think it creates the perfect storm for us to um, let's consider what we're doing in there with our, with our students and consider what they need. Um, you know, certainly, you know, social emotional these days, you know, you, have to, you never go wrong when you tap into that because um, I think it, it benefits everybody when you can actually relate and, and show that you, you feel them. And, um, you know, it certainly it, it makes what they're learning take on a new meaning because it's relevant to what we're doing. Um, and then it sort of gives them that opportunity to think about, um, you know, aside from all these academic areas that we're giving them this content, we're delivering this content, um, above all of that, you know, we want you to be able to, to be social. We want you to be able to um, to understand and, and interact in a space, in an environment that might not necessarily be what we grew up in. And so I think as educators, we, we have to look for those moments to integrate um, the, the kind of thinking or the kind of thought processes or the discussions or the whatever that prepares them to um, to deal with whatever that might be when they graduate from high school. We don't know, you know, I don't know. I wish I would know uh, some days, but um, I think that changes our approach too, like if, because we don't know and there's no way for us to predict what, what they're gonna have to face um, when it's time for them to come out of high school. Uh, then we have to sort of shift our approach to, okay, let's create this space and opportunity for true student development. Yeah, on that note, like, I do think we've had some great gains here, you know. Uh, again, while I wouldn't necessarily want to continue on this way, if I could wave the magic wand, I would. But, uh, you know, I think about some of the, the skills my students are gaining now. I teach in a hybrid model. And so I have some virtual students, and then I have in-class students, but they're all six feet away from each other. So like to rethink collaboration, I've done a lot of online things where they're like collaboratively doing things together online. Uh, and with that, I didn't like even think about it at the time, came like a ton of time on technology in which they have now spent enough time daily using this technology that they're starting to explore the technology, right? Like before when you do a project, and this is one of those things that I think is super positive about this, when you do a project, it would be like once, like one project, they are using Google Slides or whatever, and then they would kind of just take the template, click where it says like put in text here, you know, and it would look nice. But like they never, they never got to a threshold where they had a question, like they didn't think outside the box. They didn't ask the tool what it could do, they just took the tool for what it was. And now that they're using it daily, they're starting to ask like, well, it would be really awesome if I could. And then they're like, they're starting to figure it out. And they're like, oh, it, it can do that. And I can add that. And I could do this. And, oh, that looks nice when we do it that way. And, I mean, we're four weeks in. And I can tell you my kids are far better on Google Slides than they've ever been as sixth graders. And that's four weeks, you know. Four weeks of slow curriculum, you know. Yet I'm telling you. They're farther than they are at the end of the year under normal circumstances for me, for example. Um, I think, you know, like, that's a positivity. That's a gain right there. And then, like, let's lean into that. Like, if that's four weeks of a, with that, like, what if I started using another tool and another tool to collaborate? They're going to come out with some pretty hefty 
tech skills. And I don't just mean, because some people are saying, well, kids are on Zoom, and so like they're getting more techie. And it's like, no, I'm not talking about just a chat room and a, and a talk to the camera. Uh, these, these are actual like tools and mindsets. Like I said, challenging the tool, inquiring what a tool can do, that's when you start to like become, or I should say that's where you begin the journey of mastering that tool. Absolutely. And uh, I think too, along with technology and uh, developing that skill set um, is the social skill set too. I think a lot of the, um, the tasks that I might have um, had my students doing in the past have t- maybe taken on a little bit of a different form these days um, based on the you know tools that we have at our fingertips and just the sheer opportunity now to um, to engage students in collaborative discussions or Socratic um, kind of thinking um, in terms of collabor- collaborating students in the classroom with uh, students that are on online. I, you mentioned that that was something you experienced as well. My drama class, right? I have a drama class and uh, the majority of the drama students are virtual. Uh, while I think 11 and 12 of them are in the classroom. So really being able to think creatively about how to um, to, con- con- to keep the, the learning and the moments um, in learning authentic and relevant and engaging even though I don't have all the students in front of me in drama of all of all subjects. Drama is so in the moment. You know, it's kinda of like it would be so awesome if everybody was physically in front of me. Um, there's so much more that I think could happen if they were physically in front of me. However, I've had to think about how to um, still give them the same quality of instruction, even though I have most of my students online. And so far it has been an interesting an interesting ride, but I will tell you also, it has challenged me to think differently about how I structure things, how I even assign things, um, how I even pull them together in collaborative situations, intentionally putting um, students in the classroom with students online so they're, they're randomly interacting with everybody. And so I think about the social opportunity too. You know, that we are learn, we learn by social, we're social people, right? Humans are social, uh, and so I think being able to have this opportunity to intentionally allow them to talk and share and discuss and disagree and agree. Um, I think about our quote of the day that I know that you institute in your classroom too. That's an opportunity for perspective, opportunity for, uh, I like what you said, but I would add this, or you know, that kind of thing is learning too. And it's learning, I think, in a real way that um, takes pulls in pieces of information that are appropriate uh, for them, but it also gives them the opportunity to deepen their understanding, um, vocabulary, you know, just a, a number of things that I think have been going well for me uh, and the students in the classroom also that may not necessarily be present in every classroom, but um, given the situation that we're in, these are things that um, we can motivate students to uh, take part in that I think our life, our life, um, are life related, you know? So it's not just about um, grade seven, it's about, okay, this is a skill like technology, right? This is a skill that we can um, develop in life. And it, and it has definitely been positive in that regard for the students in my class. Yeah, so uh, I think that this idea of educating the child on SEL skills and, and, and that joy within them is obviously super huge. and. Uh, 
I was excited this past week, another win. I have a, a vlog that I'm going to make on this, so more information later. But um, this activity I did, which was individual, but they were kind of working as a team, sort of. By team, I mean like whole period. But yet they all had to do tasks separate, and then they were, I don't know. You're going to have to watch the vlog. But what I want to say is, the amount of support because they were working together, like the amount of like cheers, like we got this guys, we can do this. It felt so good and it's so right. And to give students that space where they were working together in a place and space in which they're not, because we have some virtual kids that are in the room. We have everybody in the room, six feet away. So, but it, it almost felt like there was this group huddle. You know, there wasn't, but it totally did feel like there was this group huddle. And so building in moments where like the class can work together, the class can overcome something. I know this is getting a little bit into my gamification stuff, but like, I think there's, I think that, that there's a huge value in laying something out in which people can come together. Cause like you said, we are social humans or social beings. Um, there's a, a concept in gamification about the power of the tribe like when when you can connect something to a group and you can be a part of that group and the group can achieve something and then there's validation within the group that like we all did this and it's kind of high fives all around there's true power in that and like it shifts our thinking it shifts our attitudes and kids i i often ask like survey sort of feedback and kids like again overwhelmingly kind of said like Ms. Rutera, this, this brought us back. I mean, this made it feel pre-COVID, right? And, and that the whole genesis of that lesson came with this idea of focusing on positivity, like where, like positivity and purpose, like what my purpose here is to help kids and level up like they're learning. And I want to do it in a joyful way. So I, I kind of use some game mechanics and that's because that's the way I think I apply these game mechanics uh, I'd never done this lesson before there's a brand new sort of style and way but it really worked and like part of me is like heck yeah I'm gonna use that style post-covid too I mean that is a that is a win but to get to that win I had to sort of change the focus on my lens a little bit right and when I focused on that purpose and that positivity oof, my mission got achieved it was crystal clear yeah how awesome is that that students are actually able to tell you we're back or that this thing actually helped or this thing is actually um uh, redirected um uh, and so i think that's even more powerful is that they realize it um <laughs> uh, i could probably stay on that a little bit but i'm not going to for the sake of moving forward with our conversation but you you said the power of a tribe you know i might say the power of community and same thing, uh, you know, one of the things that I believe brings people together um, is music. And uh, of course, one of my hashtags on, on uh, <laughs> well, you know, I like to use the hashtag on Twitter a lot, hashtag the teacher who sings. And so one of the things I've found myself doing much more than I've ever done before is utilizing music to or rhythm or beats. Um, during instruction, uh, during during those kinds of interactions online, and as a as a likely 
uh, maybe maybe not a likely result, but as a happy result, um, I've had more students coming out um, of their uh, comfort zones um, when it comes to sharing, when it comes to um, taking steps to present things in front of people that they may not have normally done because they feel like they have that kind of uh, freedom to, I guess, as a result of um, that door being opened for them. And I think I think it's fun to be able to take a, a concept in ELA and put it to music or put it to a rhythm and, 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 and use that as a way for t to teach kids. Um, but it also inspires them uh, to the degree that um, though we're teaching ELA, there's so many things involved, but at the same time, there's so many ways to approach this. And so they've been, my first period class is my musical class and they've been really, really, really musical lately. Um, so I'm hoping that that's going to then lead to, let's create a rap about this or sure. something like that uh, connected to content. Um, maybe it's a word of the day rap, word of the day song or something like that. That again is another way for them to um, to learn and then a positive inside of a precarious situation. Well, it's, it's something different, you know. They you've sort of changed the game of school a little bit there, and like, and it, it it's clearly something that you're passionate about too. Which I think again, I always would say like show off your passion a little bit in schools because it gives students that have that same passion a chance to connect with you, and it gives other kids the permission to kind of nerd out about their passions, right? So even if like I talk to my kids that I love cooking and that I love board games those two things those those stories come out all the time and like I said some kids share with me that like oh man I'm trying to learn to cook or I would like this YouTuber and you should check him out Mr. Matera and then other kids start to open up about theirs like oh man I love Minecraft and then like I, then I get I ask them probing questions about Minecraft you know like but this idea that we have to always do their thing I don't know if that's like it's not wrong you like i could start playing minecraft and that would be a great way to connect but i don't i wouldn't necessarily say that's automatically right that we need to do their thing i think it's the fact that we have to express ourselves so that others understand it is okay to express themselves and how much more do all the things that are related to us connect to our purpose it's, oof, right i oof. think that i think that all those all those 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 parts of us, those components of us, are absolutely imperative and vital to this whole experience of purpose. Yes, we said we're going to um, to walk this teaching journey, walk this teaching road, but everything about us comes with us on that teaching journey. Everything about us comes with us, and so if we can understand how all of it works together to inform purpose, then we understand that all of it has purpose, and then when we can express that, like you said, to our students and show them that I'm a whole person, I have these interests, I, you know, and sort of create that space for that, everybody becomes better. I love it, Dean. That was some powerful words. But we got uh, reflection time here coming up. This is a little thing we do here on the old Well Played, where at the end I ask uh, us both to sort of spin a quote and how it sort of fits with today's chat. Uh, I'll admit I totally forgot to ask Dean if he wanted to know the quote ahead of time or not, so he, this, he didn't get a choice. <laughs> but uh, I kind of want to know, would you have wanted to know or would you have just rolled with, give it to me on the spot? Well, I mean, there's certainly benefits to knowing, but there's also benefits to being on the spot. So 
I say let's go for it either way. <laughs> Boom. All right. So this comes from Carlos Santana. Uh, I think this quote really works today. If you carry joy in your heart, you can heal any moment. Wow. And that word was heal, right? H-E-A-L. Yep. Wow. Um, and so, whew, uh, so they're whew, definitely. Right? Like, whew, <laughs> that's a good one. There definitely have been times where I, I just to be completely transparent, um, that I have felt like I wasn't doing this like I needed to be doing it. Um, and that's completely transparent because I am partly perfectionist and I want to do everything well. Um, so I've had those moments where I felt like I wasn't there. I didn't make the mark. Um, I've had those moments where I felt like, you know, maybe if I took this one more step, I might have broke down. Um, and, and, and had the waterworks going. But um, what I know is that joy is, is, is something that is not, it's not, it's not something that only comes for a day. Joy is something that you, you find and you, you it, it's, a, it's a sustaining thing. So it, when you tap into joy and you continue to tap into that joy, it's not something that just comes and goes. And so if I can understand, if I can find or tap into that source of joy and continue to tap into that source of joy, despite what I feel, despite what I, where I hurt, despite the pain that I experience, the joy has the power to overcome all of that. And yes, I might walk with a limp for a day, but joy is going to be with me for a long time. So yes, I need to have those kinds of moments to balance myself. I think pain uh, heartache, you know, those kinds of things will happen in life, but joy overcomes all of that because I can always remember purpose at the end of the day, and it is through my purpose that I have real joy. I really like your spin, and I'm going to kind of build off that same idea, right? That if, like, joy is a mindset. Joy, joy is something that you are kind of in control of. Like, you, you can kind of, like the story I told you guys, like the the success that I'm having in the class that is by looking at it a certain way that is by challenging myself a certain way uh, but that's that's in our control I can't control the pain I can't control the pain of that moment in terms of what's being asked me the challenge challenges as you say are going to come and go in our lives but we're in control of that joy so building up a joyful spirit is something that I hope everyone is working on and working towards. And it can be hard, but if we can kind of make deposits in, in us and kind of build up that bank of joy, uh, it can kind of truly weather any storm and, and ultimately kind of overflow and help others build their bank of joy. And, and that's the other thing that I got to remember is when we carry that joy in our heart and we share it with others, it's it's like a bucket filling thing. Like now Dean's heart's a little filled and Dean goes, talks to whatever, his neighbor, and now his neighbor's a little, his bucket's full. And so, yeah, like focusing on that is so worth it, so valuable. Yeah, and this light that I have, this little light of mine, this little let light it of shine. Yes, that song was like playing in my head while you were talking because we want to all be able to have positivity and our purpose in precarious it's, it's, it's too true um, well Dean thank you so much for joining us today on Well Played 
Thank you. <laughs> uh, everyone else, thank you guys for tuning in this week and every other week. I uh, really appreciate it. It comes out every Tuesday uh, morning at 6 a.m. And uh, as always, if you could check out uh, MrMatera.com to find all sorts of other ways to connect with me. Check out the YouTube channel if you want to leave any feedback on this particular episode. Uh, this is literally the middle episode of season four. We're on episode 26. So uh, thank you, Dean, again for being here. Thank you, everyone else, for being here every week. Uh, take care and enjoy. <laughs>